Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a comic book podcast, the official comic book podcast of King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. We are reunited at I last. Oh, It's been a while. It's actually been only one week because oh. we did... We did <laughs> but I just feel like I haven't talked about comics enough. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is my day job, but also not as extensively as I normally would have. Um, so, well, I mean, it's been two weeks, I guess. Yeah. We, 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 took one, I took, we took one week away from each other. One week break from each other. And it was glorious, I guess. <laughs> it was so necessary. Uh, instead, I hung out with uh, aging pop backs, um, and um, that was yeah. Like it was, yeah, I guess twelve nineties pop stars um, days is the equivalent of Siobhan. So, <laughs> but it's good to be back here. Um, I, I had a lot of uh, funny moments of uh, pop stars catching me reading comics and uh, responding in different weird and wonderful ways. What did S Club Three think of your reading comics? Um, S Club Bradley from S Club was uh, actually the mo- one of the most chill about it. Oh, really? <laughs> he 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 said how much he likes comics and. Um, uh, you know, really enjoys. Uh, he, he's a massive Transformers comics fan. Oh, so what a nerd! <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> Ain't no party like an S Club party. Um, but uh, Carrie Katona from uh, Atomic Kitten. Oh my god, was Carrie Katona actually on that tour? Yeah, you bet. Wow, she was a character. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, she seems like a character. And uh, the, 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 all I'll say is that she was the least impressed. <laughs> <laughs> with me reading uh, comic books, um, she looked at me. and She goes, "Oh, you're just a big kid, ain't you?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Looking at you, that is correct. I will say though, the weirdest ones though, because I, you know, there's a lot of flying when you go on tour, mm. and so when I fly, I will take a big stack of comics, and then I will take my iPad, which has an infinite number of comics on it. Mm. And then I'll have my laptop, which has movies on it as well. And then I'll have my Nintendo 3DS <laughs> with about. 200 games on that. So, like, provided I have a power source at all times, I'm good for, like, two years. Yeah, you're prepared. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to go. You're ready for that uh, even crash landing on a desert island. That happens points. to have power source, just yeah. no internet. Uh, the majority of people on this tour... Oh, and of course, I've got my phone with headphones and music. The majority <laughs> of people on this tour didn't even have headphones. What? They were just like, like Robbie from E17, who sat next to me on almost every flight... Goes, oh, you're reading another one of those, are you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because there was a flight yesterday, and now we're on a different flight today. <laughs> so I brought two things, <laughs> at least. And uh, he just didn't bring anything, and he just kind of sat with his arms crossed and looked at what I was doing. 
That's so weird. <laughs> that is all the criticism that you'll get of those acts from me, though. Uh, let's talk about some comic books. Yes, please. Uh, every week, Siobhan and I read all the comics. Or we try to read them all. Sometimes we, we don't get our comics until yesterday. <laughs> and we try and binge them all on a warm park bench in uh, Sydney's western suburbs. That's what I did. Siobhan managed to get through way more comics than me for once. I, had, I know, right? <laughs> I had a very relaxing weekend. <laughs> um, and uh, what we do in this show is uh, we have a little segment called First Things First in which we read all of the brand new number ones. Um, so uh, let's kick things off with uh, all the number ones from last week. I've got four. Is that how many you've got, Siobhan? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great. Absolutely. So we've read the same amount of number ones. Uh, DC had two new number ones. Three new number ones. Holy yeah. moly. It was such a good week for DC. This was genuinely a week where I struggled to get through all of the Marvel comics and was, like, so excited to read everything DC, which I feel like hasn't happened in a little while. Sure. Anyway. Um, So uh, we'll kick off with with, uh, the DC number ones. We'll talk about Batwoman Rebirth number one first. Uh, This was written by Marguerite Bennett and James Tinney in the fourth with art by Steve Epting on uh, Pencils and Inks and uh, colours were by somebody else whose name is somewhere within this comic book. Their last name is Cox. Jeremy Cox on colours. So there you go. There you go. The Epting art, first and foremost, my favourite thing about the book. Really beautiful. Such a a perfect choice for this book. um, An unexpected choice as well. Yeah. I feel like he hasn't done a mainstream superhero book in a little while. Am I crazy? Maybe. Uh, he did those issues of Doctor Strange uh, very yes. recently. Right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I think he's um, I think he makes total sense for this book. You know, like he he does things like Velvet with no, um, sorry, not Doctor Strange, Mighty Thor. Right. Uh, the, well, that's the, still that's yeah, still yeah. a good that's still a good pick. Yeah. Um, you know, like he he excels at ca- doing really good characterization for sort of strong, fighty female characters. Yes, that makes sense. definitely. And I think he was a really good choice to bring um, a really rounded version of Kate Kane um, to this book. Um, from an art point of view or a writing point of view? I mean, both. Like, I mean, I think it's hard always to say where the line is between writer and artist, but I think he does a really good job at, you know, showing all these different sides to her yes, visually. And for like, sure. Because um, this follows Kate throughout her sort of history. We get to know, like, there's all these there's all this stuff about her that I, like, sort of secret history almost that I wish they would go more into. Um, and they also do that thing that I love in a first issue where they really foreshadow stuff to come. Yep. So, I yeah, I really enjoyed this. So, have you read the Batwoman run that uh, Greg Rucker and... Uh, is it James Williams the third? J. H. Williams. James the Williams. Third. Yeah. yeah, yeah, did yeah. Yeah, that's like that's a that's an all time classic, I think. And I feel like even now, whenever they, you do get a Batwoman book, you have the artist, even if it's someone of the caliber of Steve Epting, uh, paying homage to the layouts of that of that Absolutely. run. Absolutely. Absolutely. J. Uh, H. Williams the third obviously has the signature kind of uh, crazy jumping really, out layouts that are yeah, really, really inventive panel structure. You know, using the bat shape a lot in the actual way that the story is told. Um, so we see this is a rebirth issue, so it's a you know a, really a zero issue where you just kind of meet the character and we see her at different times in her life at age 9, age 20, age 23, age 27, and uh, in the future. So mm. she's currently 27, so that's when she's Batwoman. Oh, um, man, I still have one year before I can be Batwoman. <laughs> one year left and... <laughs> Sorry. I'm way past my prime. <laughs> um, in a way, I was Batwoman at 27. Yeah. 
Where were we all? That was before the podcast, so there's no recorded history of me being <laughs> born, but I was, trust me. Uh, so at age nine in Kate Kane's, li- Kate Kane's life, her mother and her daughter, sorry, her mother and her sister, mm. her twin sister, uh, were killed by someone who was trying to get at her, her or father. Or were they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you've read the Greg Rucker J.H. Williams run, you know that. Oh, of course, that's right. That is, yeah. that is his sister, isn't it? Um, that weird Alice in Wonderland Alice, yeah. re- referencing character who appears in this too. Absolutely. Um, and of course, uh, uh, she goes on to follow her father's footsteps and enters the military, but is booted from the military when she comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, or she's kind of caught with, with, with someone else in, yep. uh, in, in, in her core. In a romantic situation. Um, and uh, she comes out to her superior in that and she kind of gets booted. And so she becomes uh, a vigilante and um, is quickly discovered by her cousin, Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman. And then uh, they become pals, kind of. Kind of. That's more or less what we see here, but we also see some incredible stuff that might be happening in the future. Um, Apparently, at some point, she's going to lead an attack on on Gotham, which is very exciting. Um, This this was uh, this is I think this may have been the best rebirth issue yet. Yeah, this was a really solid first issue. I really enjoyed this. But I mean, I I feel like you know the, the story hasn't really started yet. Where, but but I, I didn't like this. wasn't pointless. No, totally. Um, they like I all this sort of history of her, like um, you know, various loves throughout her life, various sort of missions that she's been on, places that she's been, was all new to me and really compelling and engaging. And I would love like a you know history of Batwoman character um, book almost to go alongside this. Um, but all the stuff that they've kind of shadowed for the next couple of arcs i assume look great like we see we see a former love returning for what looks like revenge yeah. and we see her sister is the former love is that is that renee montoya no that's um tahini whoever that is oh i mean tahani, tahani. But, no, but then, and then then there's uh, is that renee on top oh, of her there i kind of assumed it was the same person but it could be renee i would love it if it was renee because uh, renee is in this rebirth issue which yes. is great renee montoya just, probably one of my top five dc characters of all time um, but yeah, we also see boy, she probably goes up against Scarecrow, it looks like, I assume. Yes. And um, we see the return of her very, very creepy twin sister. Who only talks in lowercase. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a, an excellent rebirth issue. If you were a fan of the character or you were looking to take on a new DC book, I would 100% recommend you pick up this book. And obviously yeah. we're going to be following it very closely. I'm not sure if James Tinney in the fourth is staying on as co-writer for the entire series. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, this was probably the... The Margarita Bennett book since Animosity Number One that I enjoyed the most. Absolutely agreed. Um, and uh, if you want to see, I mean, Siobhan was talking about like you know uh, uh, an earlier, you know, Batwoman's early years. Um, we kind of got that in, in the last two issues of Detective, which mm. Margaret Bennett and James Tynion in the fourth wrote together too. That's mm. definitely worth checking out if you want something to go alongside this. Um, cool. So that was a, a, a real swing and a what, what's the good thing? Uh, home run. Yeah, that's the good thing you in baseball. Know <laughs> uh, so now we move on to another. I'm going to say this from the get go: home run again. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great week for DC number ones. Um, DC Universe Rebirth presents Super Sons number one, uh, written by Peter Tomasi, who has been written, writing the Superman run that we've enjoyed so much since it started during DC Rebirth, um, and with art by sometime Superman artist Jorge Jimenez. Um, this is the team-up book between uh, two very polarizing DC characters, and they are polarizing because they are brats. Um, mm-hmm. They are Jonathan Kent, aka Superboy, and Damian Wayne, aka Robin. Current Robin. Current this Robin. Um, Bruce Wayne's biological son. So they uh, they basically it's all about them sneaking 
sneaking around from their from their parents, their dads, and uh, getting up to some mischief. Um, Superboy is trying to like fit in at school and not and stop bullies without killing them with, with his by using his powers. Such classic Superboy stuff. I but love it, was, it. It was done so well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and like yeah, like yeah. it's so perfect. Yeah, they did such a solid job of it because I think that John Kent kind of really has that same spirit as the as the child Clark, where he's you know really wants to help people and really wants to be a good guy and wants to use his powers and can be a little bit impetuous, but also has that strong moral center of his parents, like guiding him for yes. what to do. And I sort of love that Damien Wayne is there. And it's kind of funny because Damien doesn't seem to like him, but he clearly does because so he much. keeps showing yeah. up and trying to be friends with him in a sort of the most Damien way ever. Um, a lot of people don't like Damien because he is just a dick. Oh, but that's why he's And that's great. why I like I think yeah. but, but I think he, in particular his character works so well in this because he's so mismatched with John Kent. Absolutely. But you can t- you can tell the two really look up to each other, yeah. really want to prove themselves to each other. Yeah. And uh yeah, they they both got so much to prove and I think I don't know if you're on the fence about Damien, I really think this book would hopefully convince you that he is a compelling enough character to warrant the level of fandom that he has. Yeah, totally. And it's like it's you kind of need you need Damien there to make John act out a little bit. You know, he kind of is that he can't yang be too good. to his yeah, yang, exactly. You know, it's I re- I think this is such a perfect book, and the art's so great and so fun. Um, and Alfred's funny, and the home life for both of the characters is so you know perfect and so well done. Um, yeah, just heaps of fun. And uh, one of the big things you know, we've, we've been reading all of the Superman books for the most part over at Rebirth, and uh, one of the big things that hasn't really happened yet is uh, the greater kind of Superman family finding out about John Kent. So, mm. you know, for instance, Lex Luthor doesn't know yet, but he, uh, at the end we see Lex Luthor um, as they try and break into LexCorp. Um, we see Lex Luthor there. I thought this was just this was just awesome, and yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing where this. Uh, this book goes. I think it could be a lot of fun and it's, you know, it's great for young readers and it's just great for anyone that's a fan of. Yeah. Literally everyone at King's like Lynn was so excited about this book, but we all were like Lynn and Jim equally loved this book. It was the one that we were probably all most excited about when Rebirth was announced and it totally lived up to all of our expectations. And it's a, you know, it's it's a book about kids that isn't, annoying yeah and it's just fun like it's it sort of harkens back to a time when superhero comics were fun and it's about like having adventures with your friends and ah i love this so Uh, good guys it's fantastic um so those are the two dc universe rebirth books that came out number one this week uh we have one more book from dc this week that was number one and it is the wild storm and this is uh, Warren, Hella- Warren Ellis, Warren Hellis, wow, uh, with uh, John Davis Hunt on art and Ivan Placencia on uh, colors. Uh, basically, this is them reinventing the Wildstorm universe. Uh, for those who don't know, the Wildstorm universe was uh, invented by Jim Lee in the uh, in the nineties, and mm-hmm. it was it's uh, like a, an alternate kind of superhero universe that ended up getting bought by DC, and DC integrated that universe into their own uh, after the Flashpoint event. Uh, and, and and so when the, when the New 52 started, all the Wildstorm characters who had their own very rich and multi-issued uh, universe were just integrated into the regular DC universe, which I think was one of the many mistakes of this <laughs> New 52. Um, and uh, to hear the rest of the mistakes, uh, just listen to any podcast that came out during the New 52 that was talking about comics. <laughs> um, so uh, the Wildstorm... Look, my, my my interactions with this with the Wildstorm universe are pretty small. Um, yeah, I've not read any Wildstorm. I've read before. the 
Warren Ellis and Mark Miller runs on The Authority, mm-hmm. um, which is where we got the character of Midnighter from, mm-hmm. and Apollo, and who, who are currently actually used quite well in the DC universe, the rarity. Um, but uh, I've also read, um, what's the other one that Warren Ellis did? The, they meet up with Batman and went Planetary. Right. Planetary is really good. Um, but aside from that, those two, I've not read too many things. I know there's Stormwatch. I know that there's um, Wildcats. Mm-hmm. There's so many like beloved '90s relics that people you know hold so close to their hearts uh, from Wild Wildstorm Universe. And so this is a, a 24 issue series that Warren Ellis is doing that kind of recreates the Wildstorm Universe as its own thing, separate from the DC Universe. And um, I enjoyed it a lot. Even though I had very limited knowledge, I certainly didn't recognize any of the characters in front of me beyond like their costumes. Yeah, um, I mean, I barely like the only the only character that I think I have a sort of visual knowledge of is Grifter, and I don't I don't think he showed up in this yet, unless no, I don't think so either. We saw him sans sort of handkerchief. Mask. You don't know Voodoo? Oh, I know of Voodoo, sure, but this was a much better version of Voodoo than yeah, I've seen God, before yeah. because that new series also she a mistake. Wasn't a <laughs> I loved this. I thought this was so like this was such a solid first issue. It's very very Warren Ellis. Like, like the you know that most of the characters read of a certain level of like curmudgeonly sassiness kind of, yeah, which well, I enjoyed. When uh, Nick Mason was on last, we talked about Warren Ellis uh, having a habit of writing himself into the book as at least one character. I feel like every single character <laughs> in this book is but Warren Ellis. But they're all facets of Warren Ellis. Sure, you know? like um. I'm going to be terrible because I can't remember anyone's names, but the the woman who sort of turns into a robot character, I thought that was like was Angela. Was that her incredibly name? incredible. Angela, is that right? Maybe yeah. I don't even. Was it was it right? Lynn, Angie. Angie. Yeah, whatever. I mean, they're, um, they're pretty similar names, Lynn. Well, I don't know why you would call us up on that. You. God, <laughs> um, but like that's such a compelling character and so well done, and she was so sort of scatty brained and yes. Um, Scatterbrained. Yeah. Big difference between those two words. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Um, But I love this. I love, like, the sort of evil corporations being set up and the sort of um, corporate intrigue at the heart of the story. I thought, yeah, uh, really cool. Bizarre tech industry stuff going on as well. Yep. Um, there's a lot to take in this issue. It, it's you know it's fairly fast paced. It's very wordy. It's very Warren Ellisy. But mm. I happen to like most of those things, so I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah, same, absolutely. I thought this was a really solid intro. If you um, don't know the Wildstorm universe, maybe if you do know the Wildstorm universe a little bit better, you might have more of a problem with it. Um, my yeah, this this who, certainly isn't the uh, yeah you know classic '90s archetype of a you know punchy comic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my boyfriend, who loves the original Wildstorm comics, did not enjoy this. And I think that's exactly why. Um, but, you know, like, it's it's updated It's updated for now. 90s yeah. comics are, well, I mean, some level, this definitely, updated. I mean, it was written by the same writer, but this definitely fits with the, 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 the Wild, Wildstorm universe that I know from, you know, the Authority and yeah. um, Planetary stuff. It feels a lot, very much in line with that, so... Uh, yeah, look, who knows who's going to be introduced in this, ca- in this universe. We know Grifter is coming up because he's in all the promo material. Um, I, don't, I don't know shit about Grifter. He just like wears like a sack, a sack on his head, yeah, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it. That's his superpower. Um, and the art by John Davis Hunt is extremely good. Man, so he does the clean really room, well. right? That's where I know him from. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure it out. Yes, yes, he does. His art is sensational. Is yeah. it as good in, in that? Um, yes, but weirder. Weirder, right, sure. <laughs> that's a much like weirder title. Yeah. Um, I mean, this could get very weird. And this I is, assume it will. This is going to be standalone. Um, basically, Warren, Warren Ellis's plan is to introduce one more Wildstorm book a year, I think. Maybe okay. two. Cool. Um, I like that. 
Holy shit, look at this uh, ad for a, uh, a biker Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman already has a sexy biker outfit, and it's one of my all-time favorite Wonder Woman costumes. Is it as sexy as this faux Iron Man thing she's wearing? Nah, it's like she's wearing like little black cutoffs and like a little black strappy bra and a, um, a motorcycle jacket. Everyone hates it, but I love it. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite motorcycle variant superhero heroine? Let us know. <laughs> they, <laughs> Serious done, issues at kingscomics.com. This is, a, this is like a series of statues that they've done. They're called like the Gotham Garage or whatever. We've right. already had the Catwoman in. Wonder Woman's the next one. Yikes. Yeah. Who are these for? Let us know. Serious <laughs> issues at kingscomics.com. Uh, our next number one. By the way, these are all, these so far, you know, f- for two people that read too many comics as is, we've mm. just completely okayed uh, three series that we're absolutely going to read every issue yeah, of. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, good luck Damn to it. us in the future. Damn it, DC. Uh, over to Marvel right now and a one shot, which is great because that means there can be no more after this. Yay. Um, this is the, uh, what, like, uh, basically, like, they've been doing the .mu. Um, issues, which is the tie-ins to the Monsters Unleashed event that's going on right now. We're going to review issue three of that later in the episode. Um, but uh, this is DrStrange.mu, one.mu, and uh, where Doctor Strange is usually written by uh, one of our favorite writers, Jason Aaron. Uh, this one is written by another one of our favorite writers, Chip Zdarsky. There's a big chip week, everybody. We've got, we got three chip books to be reviewed on this one. <laughs> there was a comic book store in the States that was offering a chip special, which was three Chip Zdarsky comic books for the price of three comic books. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, art on this one is by Julian Lopez and Scott Hanna and Frank Diamata. Um, and uh, this was... Like, the other two chip books that we're going to review later in this episode are extremely funny, but this was just, like, you know, high fun adventure, mm. um, a really great handle on, on Doctor Strange that was completely in line with um, Jason Aaron's version See, of it. I think it. this was actually a much more classic, serious version of Doctor Strange than I think we see in the Jason Aaron book. I sure. Think. I was, I was going to go on to say yeah, that. Like, it, it was, like, on, in, on, in line with what, with what he's doing, but also felt like Chip's own take Absolutely. on the character yeah, yeah and it's cool to see him doing something less comedy based and to show he has a really good grasp of like serious characters as absolutely well. we do love those serious issues um so this is a, a team up between dr strange and um Googum. son of goog is son, that what goom, it is? Goom. Goom. uh who is uh, a kirby creation i'm sure he looks like a kirby creation <laughs> yeah he's a, he's a red blob with big frog eyes um, and uh, he appears in uh, in Monsters Unleashed uh, this week. Uh, all the Kirby monsters kind of go up up head to head against all of the generic yelling monsters in that book. Can't wait to talk about that in depth. Oh yeah, goodness. Um, this was infinitely better <laughs> in every single way. Um, yeah, I just uh, look. I, I really, really enjoyed this fun team up. Um, it kind of shows Doctor Strange, you know, struggling with the limited magical resources that he mm-hmm. has. But you know, he he also has just enough to go up against even the biggest of monsters, uh, even if it means making himself as big as that monster, which is exactly what he does in this. Absolutely, and I think one of the really fun things um, that we see in this is because Chip Zdarsky has just been announced as um, writing a Spider Man book, which is like insanely perfect. That's yep. such a great call and um spider-man shows up in this and they have a little bit of a sort of team up and a couple of back and forths and he's so clearly perfect to write a funny quippy version of peter parker well, yeah, you, you make peter parker and spider-man good by like yeah he's confident and quippy but he, it's a um defense mechanism yes so like he's like always you've always got to make himself depreciating and like he can't actually be funny like he, mm. the things he can, you can find the things he's saying funny because they're like either inappropriate or so dumb. But he's not a he's not a he's not a good quipper. Yeah, and I yeah, think Zadarsky yeah. has such a great grasp of, of of him in this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm like 
that just as a little taste test of what we're going to get from a Spider-Man book was very exciting. He wrote so, so, a Spider-Man excellently in um, Howard the Duck too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, I feel like everyone after reading this now wants a Googum um, solo series because <laughs> that was such a fun, hilarious character as this sort of... Um, and even, like, in the Monsters Unleashed book, we see him as this character who's trying to prove himself to his monster dad. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Lots of good stuff there. Definitely worth picking up this one. Um, I haven't read any of the other Monsters Unleashed ones that I enjoyed anywhere near as much as, as this. So, uh, yeah, this mm. is a great one. Yeah, absolutely. That is our segment called First Things First. And now we move on to the rest of the comics that came out this week. But before hey. we do that, we have to play an incredibly beloved segment. It's called Flip a Coin for Marvel or DC. And it requires me to have a coin. And I don't think I have a coin. So, Siobhan, can I borrow, okay. borrow a coin? Hang on. Let me see if I've got a coin. Such professionals. We're so prepared for the one segment that, that we people, have to that do. people write in about every yeah. week. All right, cool. So uh, we're currently today we're playing with a, 2000 and a day, 2008 edition Australian 20-cent piece. It's got a platypus on it, guys. Uh, that it does. And ripples. Um, Coolest Australian animal of all time. So uh, let's uh, say, is DC heads or tails, Siobhan? Uh, DC is heads. And heads it is. Hey, all DC right. first. Um, I read a couple of DC books this week. Looks like you read a few more. Um, yeah, keep in mind that I, I, I got through most of the books this week, but there are going to be a few unfortunate holes in my reading that I think Siobhan ha- will have covered. Few. So I'll just have, have to be the ones like, uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> yep. Um, so I agree. Let's kick things off with Batman, number 17. I Am Bane, part two, uh, in which Bane enlists his revenge on uh, everybody who helps Batman steal Psycho Pirate from him and break his back. And he's yeah. recovered just as quickly as Batman recovers um, from his Who, break. Like, look, breaking your back is no big deal in this day and Not age. anymore. It used to be. Yeah, you're, up, to, and, you're up and moving in yeah. a couple of days. It used to take 12 issues to, to fix your back. <laughs> but now you used it, to have to get, get a whole new Batman in for a little while. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, this is um, really fun. Mm. I think if I think about it too much, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Like things in that, that at the time I was like, that's cool or interesting or weird. And now looking back, I'm like, is that, is that cool and interesting and weird? Like um, there's a scene where <laughs> Alfred breaks into Arkham with... Um, a Jeremiah Arkham facial mask. Yes. And what's a, what's a Gotham girl? Um, Dressed up as Hush. Yeah, which is not a hard costume to do, let's face it. Um, And they go in to Psycho Pirate's cell and they are threatening Psycho Pirate. Alfred is threatening Psycho Pirate with a gun to try and cure Gotham Girl in what seems like perhaps not the best way ever. Like just by going, tell her that she's very brave. Seems It seems flimsy to me, guys. I feel like it could go wrong. Uh, I do like I, I do like a ballsy Alfred though, even if he totally. is holding a gun. I like that, I love that he like I love, he generally always seems to have access to a gun. Like yeah. he, like Batman hates guns unless Alfred has it. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like that actually seems like an okay rule to be honest. Um, so we know that Bane's already taken out the Robins, but even though we saw them hanging by nooses at the end, the end of the last issue, that's uh, not addressed at all. Yeah, well, he's, they're they're in like stasis chambers in. Um, in Superman's um, Fortress of Fortress, Solitude. That's it, Fortress of Solitude. Uh, and uh, then we just kind of like everyone else that was either involved or close to Batman is being taken out by Bane and his weird cronies. One of them has like a bird. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, who are these bros? No one knows. But they look um, 
suitably hilarious. Yeah. I super. think that one of the real strengths of this book is that Tom um, Tom King writes a really good Commissioner Gordon. Yes. It's a very classic Commissioner Gordon on the phone to his wife being like, baby, I'm going to quit smoking any day now. Um, but while all the while smoking a pipe. Also, it's not his wife. He's talking to Barbara. Is his wife not also called Barbara? What? Am I crazy? Yeah, thank you. Is that a thing? I, like, this is the thing. I have no idea where in continuity his married marital status is, but Commissioner Gordon's wife is called Barbara. It's weird as hell. Look, because it's... Yeah. Oh, well, he didn't say James, so it's definitely not James. <laughs> um, but I assumed he was talking to his wife there. Okay. Anyway. Who knows? Uh, how come I've never picked up on that? It's like the, when they when you yeah you must have you must have read some books in a really weird way. <laughs> Doesn't he marry Sarah Essen? Um, I don't know. See, like I don't know which one. <laughs> <Since> they- <laughs> Not the right time for this conversation, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, which I'm pretty one- sure a comic book podcast is the right time for this conversation. <laughs> I don't know which one is Bob, like Batgirl's mum, but I thought he remarried a woman called Barbara, which is weird on a couple of levels. So many couple of levels. Um. But anyway, I'm pretty sure this is Barbara's wife. Okay. Whatever. All right. Shut up. Um, and this ends like, the, like Tom King is very good at uh, like sort of cinematic kind of storytelling. Like the, the way Bane is introduced at the end is pretty cool. And the, the pacing of that is very clever. And the way it all looks and the way it's all set up for their kind of big fight is pretty cool. Definitely. And this felt like the uh, the, the finchiest uh, issue yet. Mm. And, I, and I was not... I'm okay with it. Yeah, I was not mad. I was fine with it. Not mad. Uh, so yeah, um, look, I'm, mostly because like the Geordie Blair colors are beautiful. Oh, they are very good. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm still pretty engaged in this in this story. I think uh, Tom King's Batman run is one of the most surprising things that comes out each each fortnight. Yeah. I don't, you don't know what vibe you're going to get at all. Absolutely, it's um, very confusing. We had like a classic like weird bat parody sitcom last last yeah. issue, and now we've got this like relentless takedown issue. Good but fun. I thought there were, like there were a couple of good elements. Like I think there's a good element of. Batman and Superman, like this Batman and Superman, learning to trust each other a little bit. Yeah. Um. I don't know if this is going to be the end of Bronze Tiger, but that was. I thought that was pretty well done. Like, no, no. He's he's one. He's pregnant. one of the guys at the end on. Oh. It's being being held hostage. So uh, right, doesn't okay. look like he's dead, but he uh, looks. Yeah, he looks. He takes a. Must have been buckshot or something to the chest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's um, some good Duke moments as well. Yeah, definitely. So I enjoyed uh, it. yeah, well, I did too. Good for you, Tom King. Good for you, Batman. Mm. Superman issue 17 this week by the aforementioned Pete Damasi, Patrick Gleason, and uh, a new artist on this one shot, uh, Sebastian Fiamara, with notable colors by uh, Dark Horse alumni, Dave Stewart. Lovely. And um, Pete Damasi works with Dave Stewart when, uh, in his various creator-owned things over at Dark Horse. And uh, this was definitely a horror comic, which is probably mm. within his wheelhouse. This is a one shot about... Um, basically set on the farm, the, the neighbor of, uh, of the Kents who, um, is good friends with John. She's a little girl. Um, she asked John to come and help her, um, find a cow and potentially her grandpa who have been lost in the swamp. Um, oh, no. and it's called dead man. Only in Kansas. Um, and, uh, they breathe in some weird gases from the bog and they start hallucinating all kinds of crazy shit. Um, it feels very real. It's very horror. It's beautifully like the art of this is fantastic. Yeah, but do you think it was all in their minds or not, Siobhan? No, there's de- like you can't have mutual hallucinations like that, right? I don't know. It would surely be some kind of weird. There's got to be a weird spooky swamp somewhere around there, and mm. I'm into that. If that comes back in some way in the future, it involves swamp thing. 
well, I don't know, maybe there was a big creepy man shape or something. So who knows what that is? But um, yeah, I was, I like this. I yeah, me too. I sort, of, I sort of sped through it pretty quick. Like I sort of didn't realize that it was a one shot and then the end I was like, oh, that was all wrapped up very neatly. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like the pacing could have maybe been like 1% better. But other than that, like... It's, this was a really solid, really fun. Yeah, well, yeah, it was like a complete take on like you know eighties uh, family horror. It, even, yeah, you know, totally. Even had you know flashbacks to you know how Stranger Things tackled that with like the kids on the bikes yeah. driving into the darkness, driving their bikes. Hmm. That's how it works. Uh, so yeah, another a, a great episode uh, issue of Superman. Uh, it was good to have something a lot more grounded, even though it dealt in like hallucinations and stuff, than the crazy multiverse mm-hmm. issues that we had. Um, he can do it all, baby. And it was just um, it was just a straight John Kent. We really didn't see Superman at all. Uh, no, yeah, again, pretty Superman, fun. Yeah, definitely I enjoyed. He's everywhere, man. We don't need him every, all, all the time. Absolutely. Um, I didn't read, Night, read Nightwing this week, did you? I did. This was like a romance issue, just in time for Valentine's Day, guys. So this was pretty much all about. Um, we see the development of Nightwing and uh, Defacer, although she's not Defacer anymore, Sean Tsang, whatever her name is, um, their relationship developing as they sort of learn how to be in a couple. And, you know, I'm really taking this one seriously, guys. I think that, I think that she might be the one. So, obviously, by the end of it, she is potentially fridged. Um, oh, boy. Where she has been kidnapped by someone. We, Some- yeah, someone, someone comes... Uh, you know, attacks her from behind um, while she is painting because she's gone back in. She's gone back into painting, guys. Now she's unemployed. She's had a lot of time for painting, and rent is apparently really cheap in Bloodhaven, so that seems really um, relatable. But yeah, just at the end, like the last page is a panel of Nightwing going, "I love her," talking to um, Bruce and Alfred, and the panel underneath is her being attacked. But wait, wait, what about Barbara? Oh yeah, there's a whole bit where he sort of tells Barbara that. Um, We're talking you know, about Commissioner I, Gordon's wife, right? Yes, Commissioner Gordon's <laughs> wife. No. Um, Batgirl comes to Bloodhaven and they have a chat about him going, you know, I found a place where I belong and I think I found a person where I belong as well. And Batgirl's like, but it's not me. He's like, no. Um, so, That's like, uh, yeah. Are, I, you, are you a shipper? <laughs> do you like you like those two together? Uh, yeah. Dick and Barbara? I mean, I don't really. Justice for Barbara? <laughs> I like, um, who do I like best? With, with Nightwing, Dick and Dick and Starfire. That's always a fun, fun couple, fun team up. Does he get around as much as Daredevil does? He, he gets it. around tons. Really? Yeah. Keep listening. Keep going. Who else? I can't think of anyone else. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure he did. Um, but yeah, like uh, this was a very cutesy. Um, the art by Mink Jung Jung um, really really suited it. It has that kind of cute anime almost. Um, tone to it and I thought this was yeah just really really good fun great um, except I hope that they don't just kill her off in the end because that would be boring and annoying and dumb I feel like we're, we're past that right yeah we're come on that. guys and I really I, I genuinely do expect more of Tim Seeley he's a really solid writer and he writes good female characters and I think it would yeah. be a really weak move if totally. they just did that for some character development for Nightwing and also like introduce it's a new character in too. one arc and then get rid of her again like come on come on fellas yep anyway um, so I, I didn't read any of the Young on Animal stuff this ah. week, but before you review those, I did read one Vertigo book. Nice. Uh, and it is Unfollow um, by Rob Williams um, and art by, um, is it Michael Dowling? Someone Dowling. 
Michael Dowling is either the artist of this book or one of my friends, um, one of my mum's family friends' husbands. Nice. So shouts to Michael Maybe Dowling. Maybe both. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That would be good, wouldn't <laughs> that it? That would be huge. Mike Dowling. There you go. That's who it is. Um, Colors by Quentin Winter. Um, this is um, a, a series that I've loved. It's issue, issue 16 of Unfollow. It's a very fun thriller about... 140 characters who get chosen over Chirper, which is this universe's version of Twitter, um, to inherit this uh, old guy's millions. Uh, and as each of them die, they inherit more and more. Um, but I don't know why. Maybe sales were low or something, or maybe this was the plan all along. But I'm pretty sure they've end- they've announced the end of this. You know, sooner than it was meant to. Oh. I really thought it was going to be a nice, big, long like this. Could have this easily would have sustained my interest for 60 issues. Mm. So. Something happens, a heap of characters just kind of die off screen in between issues, and now we're kind of pushing forward towards the end. And uh, there are moments where you catch up with the, with the characters that look completely different now. They've got beards, they've cut their hair, all the, and, and they're like, you know, they've done some terrible things in the issues that we've missed. But because we didn't see them, it just like, you know, their reactions to them, like, and, and, and the accusations of what different people there are now, it just doesn't feel as powerful as it should. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, there's um, some really cool stuff going on with uh, kind of like the bigger tech corporation world that the, that the dead millionaire was, was, was a part of. And this uh, issue ends with him turning off the internet. Oh, goodness. Good move. Good call. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And there's, I and support that. <laughs> and then there's enough of the, of the weird, uh, like, um, semi-spiritual stuff in here as well. Like, it's still a really, really good series. I just, you know, like all good series, I wish it was uh, as long as it was always meant to be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Go to you. Over to you, Young Animal Reporter. Thank you. Um, so I did read both Young Animal titles this week. So first up, um, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. This comic just keeps getting better, I feel, issue by issue, as we sort of find out more about the underground people and their city and this sort of mysterious icky fungus bad guy um, who appears to be someone who we thought had passed away or had retired or was out of the out of the biz, but um, has back is back in icky fungus form. And we see betrayals and more. We learn more about sort of um, Cave's family and his daughter. And there's a really excellent scene where, you know, Cave is like, okay, we're really like, we're really screwed here. Like they are being attacked by this whole crew of terrifying underground monsters. Um, And Cave's like, all right, okay, this has gotten, we're in over our heads now. I know what to do. I'm going to call Superman. And everyone's like, whoa, you know, Superman? He's like, yeah, we go way back. It's all good. I'm just going to call Superman. And then the number that he has is obviously for the previous Superman and is um, no longer working. (laughs) And so he's there just stuck under there and totally screwed. It's Um, so crazy that this actually is part of the greater DC universe. Yeah, and it's so clever and it works so well. And, like, I love love that these comics just are there to inhabit just the the weirder pockets of the DC universe. Um, So, you know... This ends with a really nice cliffhanger of they're in a really desperate situation and we don't know how they're going to get out of it. But I am keen to see how they do it. And, like, Michael Avon Oming's art is so, so perfect for this. Like, it just works so well. Um, And it just keeps getting trippier and weirder. And, yeah, I love it. I think this is really cool. And the little background uh, backup material was the weirdest one so far. This one, like, was... Didn't make much sense to me, but I still really enjoyed reading. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely pick this one up, guys. Is that I your second favorite it. young animal book? 
Because we all yes. know Shay the Changing Girl is at number one. Shay Changing Girl is number one. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Uh, and then I can't. I find it hard to pick between Doom Patrol and Mother Panic, which I know you don't enjoy heaps, but I thought this was a really solid issue. I'm going to read them both, both of these issues tonight. Have, so, have no fear, dear listeners. Excellent. Um, so issue three of Mother Pan- Panic was also out this week. I like this because it is a bit like kind of groping around in the dark for details. You In this, we find out way more about our um, lead character, whose name I've obviously forgotten. And we see sort of her childhood and how she was shipped away to a boarding school after her father died because her brother blamed her for her father's death oh, in yes. a really sort of horrifying way. She has a cool little um, encounter with Batwoman, uh-huh. um, which could be a fun little continuing um, sort of tension, which I really enjoyed. Um, we see her sort of go up against some kind of mysterious evil bad lady and she saves a bunch of kids. Um, but just like, I, I like this as a, as, as almost a darker portion of the sort of bat verse, you know, I think it fits in really nicely. Um, it works really well. And the backup um, story about Gotham radio, which is, you know, um, great art by Phil Hester and written by Jim Kruger and uh, is incredibly sort of feels very prescient for this time of like shock jocks being given mainstream appeal of this. And it's a story about this kind of shock jock who um, who's wearing an American flag bandana and wants to bring down the bat and getting he's sort of being given airtime on Gotham radio because he's really popular. And so they have to go where the trends are um, and everyone hates him and he's a total asshole to everyone. And they do, they manage to tell that story, which is quite complicated in like four pages really well and really efficiently. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I, just the young animal books are a real highlight for me always. So I highly recommend both of those. Those are our DC reviews. Now we move over to Tales, uh, AKA Marvel. Um, Siobhan, earlier in the episode, you said it was a real struggle to get through all your Marvel books this week. There was just a lot more than DC, and I was a lot less excited for these than I was for what, DC. I mean, a few of these sucked, and I feel like yeah. we, we get criticized a little bit for um, not complaining about Marvel enough, which is... Well, ins- strap in, in guys. <laughs> it's insane to me, because I feel like we've never complained more about a book than Civil War too. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> um, so uh, I thought we could kick off with uh, what we didn't like from Marvel this week. Oh gosh, Okay. Uh, so I, I, I read, I've, 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 I kind of gave you a, 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 I passed a few of, uh, on a few of these. I'm going to read yeah. the Captain Americas later tonight oh, and a few God, other yeah. things. But, uh, I want to start with Monsters Unleashed issue three. Mm-hmm. Um, Cullen Bunn, um, art by Lionel Yu. This art wasn't, didn't, didn't Steve Epting do the first issue of this? Was it Epting? I have no clue. I thought, I kind of thought it was you the whole way through, but, um, I could be totally wrong. No, no, it definitely wasn't. Lionel you did an, an issue of, um, IVX. Uh. Uh, so I don't know why they're flitting between artists for their, um, for like their events. It's, it's really weird. Like, why it don't they just have, annoying. Yeah. I guess because anyway. they're coming out on a weekly basis. They can't really keep up with it. That's the smallest part of this annoying. event's problem. Uh, <laughs> so there's this kid and he can draw monsters and then they, they, they he summons them when he yeah. draws them and so he, he's been drawing all the Kirby monsters your Fin Fang Fooms your uh, Googums your I don't know who else all these funny all the, all the cool funny looking Kirby monsters mm-hmm. and then he summons them and they're telling him to stop doing that mm. but now all these other disgusting monsters are showing up and all of those Kirby monsters show up um, to where the Avengers are fighting them, and the Avengers are like, oh no, now we have to fight more monsters. But turns out the old monsters who already lived on Earth are here to beat the butts of these newcomers that they don't like. And so the monsters this is who can, our Earth to destroy the monsters who can talk fight the monsters who can't talk, 
and the Avengers are like, let's just let this happen and save people. Then they discover that this kid um, who can summon things, and they're like, how come you can summon things when you draw them? And guess what, everybody? He's inhuman. Whoa. Which is so boring. Yeah. Why can't he just be like a magic kid or he has like a magic pen yeah, or like a magic pad of paper? <laughs> They're really, they're still really pushing the Inhumans <laughs> over at Marvel. I thought they were. I thought this is like their new status quo. Was like, okay, we get it. We we ram the Inhumans down your throats too <laughs> much. And like, to be fair, I'm fa- I'm a fan of Charles Soule's Uncanny Inhumans run. Yeah, I even read all of the good. all new Inhumans run, which wasn't even that good, but I I, I read it. Mm. Um, but uh, I just yeah, this you know we just came off Civil War two, which revolved around uh, an Inhuman you know changing. The Marvel Universe is like, you know, the way everybody interacted within it and having a massive, massive shake-up. And that's exactly what's happening here as well. And this is the event that's not meant to feel like the other events. But when you when you have an Inhuman in the, at the heart of it, it does feel exactly like that. Yeah. And, and straight away, like, you know, um, Medusa and Karnak are like, oh, we need to take ownership of him. He's one of us. It's like, we just saw this. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, are they, uh, like, I... I may have missed this along the way somewhere, but a new mutants not being created anymore. Like why are there no mutant characters coming out and causing mischief? And I don't know. It, it does seem like a little bit like I did roll my eyes when it was like, oh, he's an inhuman too, because come on guys, there's too many inhumans now. I think I'm going to drop this. I didn't is it, actually is it get done. I didn't know. It's, it's like six issues. I think. Oh, and then, and then Colin Bunn's sakes. doing like an ongoing series based off of this called Monsters Unleashed after it. Mm. I like Elsa Bloodstone who's in it. I, I think she's cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I wish that this was more just like a straight up Elsa Bloodstone book. With a whole bu- it, well, that's what, that's what the ongoing is going to become, I well, think. That's better. Her own monsters. But if there's a fucking inhuman who can draw things, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Just give it a, a, ma- a magic pen and then at the end of the series, Elsa's like, he, I'll be taking that. And then you think she's broken it, but really she's stored it away in her magic bag or something. And also... I I feel like no one can write Moon Girl properly. Except I feel like there's the writers really, of Moon Girl. Yeah. yeah, there's just really poor characterization of her in every single other book that um, she shows up in. Which She's is like, sort of I'm smart. Why doesn't anyone listen to me? Because I'm smart. And I'm, even though I'm just young, but I'm smart. Yeah, yeah. But like, I feel like Moon Girl would just go like, all right, well, no one's listening to me, so I'm just going to fix this by myself. Bye. Yeah. That would be her vibe. But like, to his defense, Colin Bond is balancing like 40 characters yeah. in this book. But it's a tough, it's a tough ask. And it's, it's, it's not pulled off seamlessly. Yeah. I like that first issue, but um, I don't think I need to, I don't think you can really care what happens in the rest of this. But that's a, you can just kind of skim it. Yeah. But so, basically, uh, this is like, the whole point of this is, oh, you guys thought that those monsters were bad? Well, actually, there's like a king of the monsters, and he's sending way more monsters to Earth, so there's going to be heaps more monsters. And they're monsters. just like, they're the most bland, boring monsters. They're just like, oh, they're it's, just like this big, thing's got generic three hygiene. eyes and a yeah. big tongue. Yep. Lame. Boring, guys. Uh, next. Another dot what mold. else did you not enjoy? Uh, oh, Daredevil God, issue Daredevil. 17. You didn't read this one? No. This is the uh, confession issue in which uh, Daredevil tells everybody how he um, convinced everyone that he was not Daredevil anymore again. Oh, okay. Um, and there's some interesting moments in it, like he kind of reveals that he, he went to different people. He goes to Dr. Strange. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. She goes to Silver Surfer. Um, he goes to Damien Hellfire. And Damien Hellfire's like, you could ask Mephisto. He's done this, for, this kind of thing for people before. Um, Sweet reference to that Spider-Man story that everyone hated. Yeah, so uh, brand new day or whatever. Uh, he, he even goes to Emma Frost, and um, but it looks like it's gonna. Be, it, it was the uh, the purple kids, the purple man's kids. It looks like he's. Oh yeah. I don't know. They're gonna be involved somehow. So I'm still gonna read issue eighteen. I just thought, I don't know why I'm reading this. I hate these kind of stories where they just kind of fill in the gaps of something that you kind of, you know, like it's been sixteen issues since they jumped forward in time. I don't think you really need to. Nothing's really ever improved by going back and telling people what happened yeah so uh yeah i didn't like life this at all oh well uh do you want me to keep going with things i didn't enjoy is this a fun segment <laughs> um this the ultimate is. squared number four by al ewing travel foreman i really don't like travel foreman's art on this i Man, really see i really do i understand like i i feel like he's um he's an acquired taste but for me that taste has been acquired right <laughs> Um, but, uh, I also just, I'm not, there's so many characters in this and there's so many things going on and there's so much like celestial bullshit happening. And then they undo my favorite thing about this series, which, uh, I know some people are quite happy about some people like Lynn, who you've been hearing taping up boxes for this entire episode. So yeah, I get it. I hate her too. Um, <laughs> um no, I, I, I really didn't hate this. I quite um I quite enjoyed this issue. It's sort of it's still about the kind of organization who are there to watch who watches the Watchmen, guys. These guys. They are watching the Ultimates. Who sure ultimates the Ultimates? Who ultimates the Ultimates? Um it's a bunch of other dudes who are making sure that they don't do Ultimates business and this is just kind of a big fight. <laughs> this is just a big fight issue between them and they all get paired off into little fights and I quite enjoyed it because they're quite evenly matched and some of them have cool power sets that are weird and that I haven't seen before. But and it's so more like, compelling than any other like superhero fight I've seen in a while. Like the bit where someone shuts down all of um, like Black Panther's suit and so it's like now you're just a dude in... Sh- tidy whities what are you gonna do and he's like well that's not where my power comes from so get ready for the actual fight yeah that was cool and i think that like galactus was never gonna stay 
the but, life bringer. You know, so like cool, I know. But like the whole cool. point, the whole reason I liked this series is because they, you know, took on these massive cosmic threats and then they dealt with them in their own way. They yeah. haven't since it. So like this series started out so strongly when it was the first issue, first mm. first run of it, and then it got completely fucked by Civil War Two. Like yeah. I don't think any series got as fucked as this series got fucked by Civil War Two. <laughs> Um, and uh, then when it came back, I was like, you know what? This is all going to be okay. They're going into space. It's going to be great. Mm. We're four issues in. They haven't achieved shit yet. And there's already like, and a, like they, they may as well, this team that's, that's, come, in, that's come after them mm. may as well be like, like the superhero representation of Civil War 2. <laughs> like, <if, laughs> like they're like, you know. they're here, they're here to fuck. Well, no, they're here to prevent <laughs> them from do, being the ultimates, yeah. from working together. And they haven't even done anything wrong yet. They just can't be the... I just, like... Well, they were told that they weren't allowed to work together anymore. And they are in space. And I like the Logos character. I think it's kind of fun. But I, like... Yeah. I appreciate those criticisms. But I think I just like it. Okay. (laughs) I think I... All the things that you don't like, I'm like, "Mm, I like that. (laughs) Well, at least I know I won't get any uh, argument from you on this one. Uh, Invincible Iron Man number four by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, show favorite Brian Michael Vendis <laughs> oh, uh, and Bendis. Stefano Caselli with Marte Gracia on oh, art. Nice. Art is amazing. This is uh, Riri Williams as Ironheart uh, teaming up with Pepper Potts against a bunch of ninjas, um, and she runs away because her suit's been taken over by a golem, a uh, techno golem. The worst kind of golem. Um, and so she runs through an apartment <coughs> and finds some kid on his laptop and then opens up the Tony Stark AI on his laptop. I doubt that kid's laptop would be powerful enough. Also, I don't understand how the fuck that works. No, it doesn't. <laughs> just <laughs> magic. Just magic fine, science. <clears throat> it's one of those books where, like, I actually realize I, I kind of do like it, the really, really talky, exposition-heavy Bendis-style book where, where it's discussions. At least he does that stuff well. When it's, yeah. like, this, like, really fast action book in which nothing actually gets achieved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, like, this is a long book of people fighting with no resolution yeah. to it. And um, yeah. it ends on a really dumb cliffhanger um, where, like, the kid's meant to have pressed enter, but maybe he didn't press enter. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, know why it's that's... Pretty, it's very, very silly. And this kind of, like, yeah. All of a sudden, Pepper is a super badass ninja for some <laughs> yeah. reason. And, like... I get her being able to hold her own, sure. But, like, against 40 ninjas? I don't know. I don't know that was yeah, it seems, seems like a struggle. Techno um, ninjas as well. Yeah, yeah, look. They're the hard, they're the toughest kind of ninja. I, I didn't hate this that much, but it did, like... It, I read it in, like... Two seconds, you I know, know. Like you just I mean. you just flip through it so fast because fucking nothing happens. And that's why I don't drop Bendis books because even though I like find little to love in them, they're quick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still taking valuable. I don't time know away what's wrong life. with me, Siobhan. I don't know. You got a lot of problems, my friend. Um. So yeah, that was another book that I did not like that much. <laughs> and then finally, um, and this is this hurts. Um, World of Wakanda. Uh, Black Panther World of Wakanda number four written by uh, Roxanne Gay with uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates and um, art by um, Aletha E. Martinez and Roberto Poggi with Rachel Rosenberg on colors um, I've really really enjoyed this run and how like what a great romance comic it is mm. instead of concentrating on the romance which they've built so well over the last three issues this introduces a problem and the entire issue is them dealing with the problem and then the problem, like, like also the next issue is the last issue of this miniseries as well. Mm. Um, but it, 
kind of like when we're introduced to these characters in the Black Panther run at the time, he's co-started. One of them is in jail, and at no point in this run do we see them working towards the part that she goes in jail. That threat and it is introduced and dealt with in this issue, and that's why the character is in jail. Um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought it was just like it, it was. Introducing way too much stuff in one issue that didn't really felt like it was building to that it was building towards in the prior issues, um, and in doing that, like it, it took away from what I love about the book, which is is the relationship stuff. There was very small amounts of that in this. I thought that was so. I think you're a sleepy cranky baby because I really liked. <laughs> did this I call issue. you that when you were clearly <laughs> a sleepy cranky baby? In no, but you should have. I did. I did say you had a cold heart. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because this was, uh, you know, this was a like this was a tough issue to read because it sees the relationship breaking down to a certain extent. Um, because Anika is too, she's too obsessed with her her pride and her um, duty, and that comes in the way of her relationship. And she she doesn't know how to love and be in a relationship like that when it's hard for her to feel pride in how she's behaving in her in her sort of professional capacity as a cool warrior and i understood why she killed that dude and i understand why she goes to jail and it was it i I didn't even feel like it was especially like yeah the character who she you know kills was um just introduced in this issue but it wasn't totally out of nowhere it was the father of another character but now we see why she is pushed to this you know like i i thought i i thought it was pretty well done and it was a long issue to read it took a while it was pretty dense um, and it was pretty wordy, and a lot happened in it. But because it's all stuff that we've seen before in the Black Panther books, I sort of thought that was acceptable because they sort of, you know, they had a lot to cover. Sure. If that makes sense. Look, I, I don't think I didn't like it. I no, just yeah. I thought I, it was not the direction that I thought the book would take. In, uh, uh, this, it was probably this, this the felt weakest, like, yeah. maybe. It just felt like, like so much exposition within this. Um, in, in, a, in the similar way to how I felt at the start of Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Panther run, just introducing so many characters and so many conflicting op- opinions towards these characters. But I like that even. Like, I like that every character, like, because people are complicated. No one's the same person to all people. And so this character who dies is a horrible sort of rapist, but his daughter loves him and only knows him as her father and is like, my dad wouldn't do that because he's my dad. But everyone, you know, everyone's, like, every you know murderer everyone's like oh he was a really nice guy to me you know so i th- i thought that was pretty well done i, I wasn't talking about him i was i was talking about oh, okay. like the way that you know like do i serve my country or serve my heart oh um, yeah do i kill this person or or i don't know like yeah there was a, there's a lot of just like big like do i don't eyes in this which i guess is comics as a whole you yeah. know what i'll give it I mean, there's one issue left obviously i'm not going to drop this one no um I, yeah, I still really enjoy it. But I, I can appreciate that it was probably... It was definitely the most exposition-heavy and probably the, the relationship stuff was a little bit... <laughs> I'm always annoyed by characters like that. Just like, just like her. Just deal with it. Just yeah. be with her, you know? Um, so that was a little bit frustrating. But I, I still enjoyed this issue. Um, and what have you got next? Because you've got any ones that you didn't like that you want to you have a little whinge about? Um, did you read... You want to be a big cranky baby? Did you read The Clone Side? Tied cranky baby? The Clone baby? Conspiracy? Whatever this is. Um, no. Okay, so this was the final issue of Dan Slott. The final one. Shit, I should have read this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Um, the, yeah, the final issue of um, the Clone Conspiracy. So this has been the Spidey event for this year with art by Jim Chung, which is probably the best thing about this. And it's the prequel to Clone Empire coming next from Marvel. And then Clone Wars. Oh, and f- then... Um, 
and then everyoneanswerclone.com. And um, <laughs> look, this is like so everyone on the planet is for some reason now decomposing because of something that got released into the atmosphere by evil Ben Riley Jackal. Oh God, who cloned a bunch of people, and then obviously in the end they make it better because Spidey and Anna Maria come up with a signal that they can release through the air that makes everyone stop decomposing except some of the people who were already too decomposed. So they efficiently got rid of some of the clones that they don't want but kept a couple of characters around. So who gets kept and who who, who, who passes on? Um, J. Jonah Jameson's wife pieces out. Gwen Stacy and her dad are both gone. Really? Um, yep. Uh, I don't I don't know. I think Doc Ock dies? He, yeah, Doc Ock is gone. He saves Anna Maria in his kind of final. I'm a good guy. I well, love you, Anna still Maria. Still, opportunity for them to bring all these characters back again. Yes, absolutely. In in Civil Clone Two, <laughs> but like, um, then they go into the Jackals, whatever room, and there's a whole bunch of clones like the Prowlers there, and they're like, oh, thank God you're okay, and also, um, whatever. It was pretty boring. Yeah. Um. Boy, oh, I thought they were the clones. Lynn is telling me that they're the originals. The, uh, also, no, who knows? Look, who knows? Well, look, this book is confusing as hell. Um, Even if you've been reading all of the Spidey books, as I almost do. Yeah. Yeah, no. like it's still... it's <laughs> A, it was wrapped up really neatly in one issue, all of the problems. Yeah, I didn't realize it would happen like that. Yeah. At some point, does Peter Parker put his hands above his head and say, no more clones? <laughs> if only... Um, cool. So, all right, next, what, did, you, did you not enjoy anything else? I, I really enjoy this. <laughs> um, U.S. Avengers? You see, so I, because I read, read um, because I, I, I wasn't wasn't uh, wrapped by Ultimates 2, I, Ultimate Squared, whatever the fuck, um, mm. I was like, oh, I'm, I'll, I'll read U.S. Avengers later. But I haven't been enjoying this. I flipped through it. I don't, you're right, the America is Great Tones is actually kind of <laughs> annoying, right? Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> I have a real problem with, like, just all-out patriotism for no reason. And this kind of, like... At the beginning, I thought that they made this um, Gold Skull, or whatever he's called, character out to be quite a compelling villain. And in this, they just made him, like, a big, dumb idiot who hates freedom. Um, but we love freedom, because America. And then, it, like, the reason they take him down is because he makes a super suit out of gold, because he's like, that's the coolest shit ever. And they're like, well, gold's actually a really soft metal, so you're really easy to crush now. <laughs> and that's kind of how it ends. And that was, like, a really, like... like I almost feel like three issues wasn't enough for this arc and it kind of wrapped up too neatly and wrapped up with like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm giving the, I'll, I'll read this and I'm going to give this a pass for a while, even if it means I'll skim through a few of the first issues because when New Avengers got going, it became my, one of my favorite books each month. Yeah. I think, I think that this like, so far for me, this feels just massively average. It sure. doesn't make me angry, but it doesn't sort of interest me in any way. Um, so I fully, I fully believe that Al Ewing has the potential to turn this into something great because that's also probably how I felt about um, his... What was that book called? New Avengers. New Avengers. That New Avengers run. Um, but yeah, so far, he wrote a pretty good Squirrel Girl on this. It was pretty fun. Great. But that was about it. Tough character to write when you're not uh, Ryan North. Yeah, totally. She uses a bit of like cute science, which was quite good fun. So we're we getting towards the let's talk about Marvel books we liked. Um, I mean, both Captain America books. Great were out covers this week, week, by the way. Yeah, good covers this week. And um, I mean, the so Sam Wilson is all very much about the court case surrounding Rage um, and the repercussions of um, Cap- 
uh, Sam Wilson leaking the video of um, Rage being attacked yep. and it proving his innocence, but everyone's like, you got that from secret bird cameras. That's obviously inadmissible as evidence. Bam, Rage goes to jail, um, which is spun out over a whole issue. So it was a bit of a talky issue and it was not the most compelling thing of all time. And it ends with, um, you know, a bunch of young kids painting up their faces like Rage and getting a bunch of Molotov cocktails and they're going to go bomb a bank for some reason. Great. Um, So it's going to be like riots on the streets. White the power. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was like totally fine. Totally fine issue. Um, and then in the Steve Rogers Captain America, and we're seeing a lot of cat books at the moment coming out in quick succession. Like there's another Captain America Steve Rogers book out next week because I'm assuming they're trying to get it out real fast before. I can't. I can't even remember the name of this Clone one. Empire. <laughs> Secret, Secret clone. Empire. Secret Clone Empire of Secrets. Um, so this clones is- unleashed. <laughs> The, the the sort of thing tying this issue together is Captain America talking talking to his best bud, Helmet. Mm-hmm. His best bud, um, Hel- Baron, Helmet, Zemo, whatever. Um, trying to be like, look, you don't remember because this was in a kind of weird alternate universe, but actually we're best friends. And I've got to try and convince you of that. So we see flashbacks again to Steve Rogers' um, childhood when he starts getting the super soldier serum and his decision to try and kill the guy who came up with the super soldier serum but then his best buddy helmet is there to help him out because he couldn't quite pull the trigger but helmet does because he's a good he's a good guy um so this history that that captain america is now part of this mm. only exists within his head or I is think this so. yeah right okay sure because it wasn't like the the book ends with them having a nice cuddle and helmet believing him and being like now we get to work but i don't think it's because he then remembers all this stuff. I think that he believes it. Um, So I don't quite know why Cap is so convinced of this. Um, And we see that the new Quasar, who I don't feel like has really been expanded on as much as you would think a new Quasar would. Um, But turns out she's gay, I think. That's nice. Um, And she has found where... Gazer! (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it! it. That's uh, seriousissues.tumblr.com at levdog if you want to follow me on Twitter. Uh. Um, But um, a... Two, two important things happen at the end of this issue. Um, number one, Quasar has found where Kobik and the Thunderbolts are hiding. So that could um, solve a lot of Steve Rogers' problems. But also, Taskmaster, one of my personal fave Marvel villains, has um, somehow found the black box footage of when um, Cap pushed, what's his name, out of the plane. Jack and said, Flag. Jack Flag and said, Hail Hydra. And so... Taskmaster's like, that's very interesting. We can use this to our advantage. Um, so that's kind of, that's interesting. And it's all it's all just amping up Great. for this big event. I personally, I actually, I pretty much enjoyed both of those books. Great. Anyway, what else have you got? Um, I've got some books that I did like that Marvel put out Yay! this week. Some of them I loved. Uh, Jason Aaron putting out the best stuff that Marvel has to offer. Doctor Strange number 17 and The Mighty Thor 16 were both excellent this week. Uh, the Mighty Thor was all about uh, basically um, like a trial of, uh, of, of Thor with, in, with the Shi'ar gods, who I think mm. are, are new, new beings that we've not seen before. Um, and, uh, cool. They're very shiny. Um, and meanwhile, there's a meeting of the, of the realms, um, the Congress of Worlds, um, and uh, Volstag, the big fat um, Asgardian, represents Asgard in, in the Congress of Worlds. And uh, he's bef- before they take a vote, he needs his allies there. And because Jane Foster is stuck uh, arguing with the Shi'ar gods, um, he is stalling 
And uh, he has, was it called like a filibuster? Yeah, he's filibustering by talking about all of his favorite meals. Classic Volstag. But that was great. Yeah, really good. And, you know, the art by Russell Dorderman is the best. Like, yeah, I think this, so good. I just think this is my, like, from an art point of view, this is always my favorite book. I think Absolutely. Russell, Russell Dorderman is, is amazing. Actually, you know what? And he's quite similar to Chris Anker, who we're going to talk about in a moment. Mm. Uh, he is excellent at drawing big, muscly dudes and, and beautiful hair on women. And mm. uh, uh, he just, uh, yeah, he... It, He's but art. every every like he's also great at all of the kind of weird, slightly cosmic, yes, vaguely religious um, stuff that goes on in this issue. So we see like there's a contest of gods. The Shia um, gods have, you know, f- forced um, Thor to take part in, and they think that by to get the most prayers, so whoever gets the most prayers wins. And they think that by, you know, causing a huge natural disaster on a planet, they will get maximum prayers because everyone will be praying before they die. And then after, you know, the af- in the aftermath, everyone will be going to the temples to pray to them. And Thor just cannot allow that to happen because she's a cool chick. And so she um, saves everyone and everyone goes, oh, Thor's a really awesome god. We're going to pray to her. So she wins. Um, and uh, meanwhile, back in Asgard, um, we get some great character work uh, with um, Kerr, the um, the brother of um, Odin. Um, and we also get... Sorry, Kull? Kull or Kerr? Kull. Kull. Um, we also get some great stuff with Lady Sif, who is underutilized all the time. And, and uh, even more so is... What's her name? Like, Brolga or something? Hell, what's her name? With the blonde hair? Who's that? She's big. Oh, I don't know who that is. I'm going to go with Brolga. It's definitely not Brolga, <laughs> but... Uh, Sounds about right. Um, yeah, but... Uh, that, that, I don't know. I just, I just like, I love all, all the Asgardians, um, especially Brolga. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I love seeing any work with them. So yeah, this is this is a lot of fun. Super great, and uh, it ends up with Asgard attacking the Shi'ars, which is awesome. Um, and then um, oh, I really enjoyed Doctor Strange this week was a um, fun issue uh, drawn by Fraser Irving. All, all the art was done by Fraser Irving. Doing Gosh, a, I love Fraser Irving. And this is a really rough style for him. Normally, his stuff is very clean and almost mm. looks like it was you know completely done on a computer. This is uh, had like a very painted quality to it. Mm. Um, and this is uh, Doctor Strange trying desperately to find Wong, who has been taken over by Mister Misery. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mister Misery has also tracked down the last patients that Doctor Strange worked on before he became the Sorcerer Supreme. So there's a lot going on here. Fucking man thing is in this issue. Yes. Which is always great. Um, and uh, even more exciting, uh, Thor shows up at the end of this one too. Um, Jason Aaron loves crossing over the characters that he's writing. Well, so he should. He yeah, has absolutely. such a good grasp of both of them. So yeah, this is both two very enjoyable reads this week. Agreed. Um, I think the, the Marvel book that I enjoyed the most this week was The Punisher number nine by Becky Cloonan and wow. uh, the new feeling artist, Matt Horak. Just because, like, you know, I was really worried about what this series was going to do after Steve Dillon passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the main villain in this is, like, you know, a pretty ridiculous caricature of, of you know, your archetypal Punisher villain who rips mm. off the faces of his villains and does the mutant growth uh, serum thing, whatever the fuck it is, to mm. give himself superpowers. And uh, one of my, my favorite things about good Punisher runs is when you've developed up the characters enough that you can take the Punisher out of it, and he's not even in this issue until the very, very end of it, mm-hmm. and you don't miss him. It still feels like a Punisher book because he's these characters, this face villain, and mm-hmm. uh, and Ortiz, the um, the FBI agent, uh, are both so well developed. And this is a mostly just a, a battle of wits between the two of them. Um, there's some fucked up stuff going on with other FBI agents, but like. This was like just firing on all cylinders, and the art absolutely. is absolutely competent. Um, there's some real manic stuff that goes on here, and it's done so well. Um, oh no, Frank is in this for the first page and the last page. Oh, he buries the old lady. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. That's um, nice. But uh, 
Yeah, this was like, this was so good. I really love Ortiz. I love, like, faces such an scary evil guy becky clunan has such a good grasp of like what a punisher comic should feel like i think and so i think she's really nailing this run there's a really like you know heartbreaking death and really beyond evil guys that you kind of yeah um feel like really suit this comic and i like i totally didn't even notice that the punisher wasn't even in this because yeah. i'm so engrossed in this particular story which this is, is great awesome. I, I, I hope i hope becky clunan stays on punisher for a while yeah same um ortiz is a great character and uh yeah and i love that she was aware of like what happens when you overdose on M- mgh mm. mutant growth hormone or whatever it is um, and that, 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 that that thing is great is it, it's not that it's something no, it's, it's, some it's just it's a new scary drug Cool. Whatever. Um, I also loved, and this is a bit more of Chip Zadarsky for you. Um, issue three of Star Lord by Chip Zadarsky and um, Chris Chris Anchor on art uh, with colors by Matt Wilson. Um, this was by far my favorite issue of this so far. I mean, we only had three, but I love their take on um, on Star Lord. I think it's the most compelling the the, the character has been since mm. the um, um, Abnett and Lanning. Um, super cosmic st- uh, run um and uh it, it makes him you know he kind of takes the best of uh chris pratt's take on on the character and then the comic stuff as well uh chris anchor draws him so goddamn hunky like this is like the most incredible uh ch- torso chest i mean just like the amount of hair on yeah. half naked star lord it's it, it is sculpted they spent a lot of time on those panels and i for one appreciate it um but like all of like there's i feel like this is just like, this is such good work from Chris Anker. I don't know when I've seen such incredible, like, um, like facial characterization from him. Dorderman, like, the old Dorderman man. and Anker. Like, having them, these, these two, both these comics come out at the same time, I was like, man, yeah. these guys know how to draw the hell out of a shirtless dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and, uh, and beautiful man. Um, uh, be- I'm not a beard guy at all. No, um, but they draw it. He, like, so often beards look really stupid in comics, but... um. They really nail. They really nail this beard. He's just beautiful. Yeah, he's <laughs> everything a beautiful about man. him is beautiful. Uh, and there's some incredible gags in this. Um, and uh, you know, one of my favorite things, and he's been really restrained in, in all of his comics this week, is uh, uh, his editorial notes, his writer's notes. Mm. When you see something like you know coming from like you know Chip, you know, he, he, like him 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 responding to some dialogue that's been said. And in this one, um, uh, Starlord tries to call Kitty Pride on the phone, and then said like you know, oh you idiot, you left the dumbest message. Thank you and goodbye. Man, your charm game just drops through the floor on the phone. Why do people even phone each other anymore? Asterix. And then they don't. Chip. <laughs> I thought that was excellent. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, everything I want from a, a book that I didn't know I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're really nailing it. Um, also, Daredevil is such a, like, such a wet blanket in this. I really enjoyed that. Yep. It's so, like, irritatingly moralistic in a way that I was like, just let him keep the money. Christ almighty, <laughs> Daredevil. Who gives a shit? Um but also, like, the one thing that I was like, only just because she's a villain in, like, yes. so many books at the moment. We, we complained about her recently. Yeah. Black is the, Cat is... The last page reveal is Black Cat is going to be a bad guy in this, which is a bit like... <sighs> Not again. She's in every fucking book. But oh well. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yep. Um, so I'm assuming you didn't get around to Uncanny. No, but I planned to because I really enjoy this Maximus. All right, well, I'll try not to stuff. give away too much, but um, continues to be excellent. Yeah, you can tell that I like this book because um, when you said that, that, that when you'd read Spider Man, but I hadn't, I was like, tell me everything yeah. that happened because I don't want to read it. <laughs> I know, and I gave away the endings of so many things that you didn't read. I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still really enjoying this. I love Maximus the Mad. So solid, and yep. really fun. It's really stuff. fun issue. Awesome. 
Um, now we move over to Image. Can we talk about Image? Because Image had yes, a fantastic, if not the best, week. Uh, we'll start with the glorious return of uh, um, Sex Criminals by Chip Zdarsky and Matt Fraction. Um, man, this was a uh, absolute return to form. They, they took eight months off, so... You know, when, when comics do that, you're like, what the fuck happened again? And mm. luckily, they've given you a little primer as to what happened in the first, uh, what, 16 issues of this? Yeah, very 15 issues of this. It was really well done. Um, it's crazy that this is only issue 16 of this series. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, they've, and they've taken a lot of breaks uh, throughout it, but it really feels like they've, they've covered way more ground in 16 issues. Um, so I, I, there's no point in us really talking about the plot um, of this uh at all, I like mm. where it's going. You know, it's still them against Kegelface. Mm-hmm. Um, our main characters, John and and, uh, and Suze. Um, there's a gag in this in which uh, John and Suze have a poster on their wall, and it looks like the Hamilton poster. But if you look uh, closely, it is a significantly less important American figure, Taft. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a musical for Taft in this universe, um, and. Uh, there's lots of great gags throughout it. It's a very, very funny issue um, that also deals with, like, you know, John is a nuanced character with, with like, a lot of problems. Uh, yeah, he sort of almost reminds me of Yorick from Why the Last Man in that he's so flawed and he's so wrong most of the time. Like, he's always behaving in a way that's quite sort of emotionally led and usually is the wrong call um, in a way that I quite enjoy. I'm going to use that note to uh, seek into the next image book we're going to talk about. But before I do that, I just want to say, Sex Criminals, it's good to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-oh. And I really even like, sorry, I thought you were doing so well and I'm just going to ruin it. <laughs> um, but there was a really nice moment for the creepy anime kid, Dewey, that I really yes. enjoyed. I thought that was sick. Um, one thing that I'm like, uh, I sort of, I sort of wish that, because like this book has like big relationship stuff going on between John and Suze. And I kind of wish that like, it wasn't all like Susie being like, we need to sit down and have a talk about this. No, she's just trying to encourage him to get out of his shell and talk about problems. It's like, you know, I mean, I guess it's like her, she trying to, is the positive treading on eggshells one because he's so, you know, yeah, I just, yeah. Fucked up in the head sometimes. It just seems like a little bit more gender cliched than I would normally expect from them. Sure. I mean, but I, still super In enjoyable. its defense, I love Suze and can't stand John. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John John is not likable. I don't think anyone's supposed to like him. Oh, no, I think you are I think, you know, people that are a lot of dudes are afflicted with similar problems to the one John's de- John deals with. So I think you, there is a level of relatability to them. I'm a happy go lucky person, so I relate to, to Suze. Mm. Um and I hate everything, so I'm John. <laughs> Actually, I'm Dewey. <laughs> the creepy I'm anime not, I'm one. Sorry, I love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, Sex Criminal is great. Anyway, as I was saying, John, you know, as a flawed male character, I love that you open the book knowing that this is going to talk about it. Uh, Kill or Be Killed is a book by Ed Brubaker and um, Sean Phillips and Elizabeth Brightweiser that I have, uh, like, I, I enjoy, but I don't love it. I haven't loved it like I love everything else these two creators have worked on together in the past. And I realize it's because the main character fucking sucks but he's meant to fucking suck and he's a gifted enough writer that you view him as the protagonist and you kind of want you're like is he the good guy i guess he's the good guy and he says some things like he's so cocky and confident but while also admitting to him getting things wrong all the time and you're not really sure if he's in the right 
ever and he's kind of gross towards girls but it's kind of not actually depicted as gross because it's semi from his point of view yeah i think he's just complicated i like i love this book like i love this this issue i love this was a phenomenal it introduces who who could be the protagonist yeah that was like that was the biggest bait and switch of this series so far is that you think you're seeing this all through the bad guys (laughs) the bad guys um lens this whole time and you don't even realize and then you're introduced to the good guy it's so incredible. I really love this book. So I don't want to spoil it. We don't need to say who the good guy is. Um, no. But uh, but she rocks. She. We gave it away, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought, yeah, this is a, this is a, like a, a almost perfect issue of this book. Um, yeah. And, and any doubts that I had towards it, uh, gone. I mean, no, I never, never, never really doubts. I knew they were going to come good. I mean, the demon stuff I, I could live with. Mm. But it was just like this, this main character... He like in the same way that like I guess like lots of the criminal characters sucked t- suck too is yeah. but they like they're more nuanced and like they kind of I don't I mean the fucking book is called criminal so like yeah. immediately yeah I guess with this guy I didn't know what's yeah yeah like I mean I didn't even I didn't even find like I don't find him that unlikable just because we have seen how he gets to the point that he gets to and it all kind of makes sense uh, like it all justifies leads to each other. so much shitty stuff yeah, but like well, yeah. I mean what shitty stuff like yeah he has complicated relationships with women but who who among us who <laughs> among us doesn't sometimes accidentally treat people like shit or get into a sexual relationship that you maybe yeah, didn't yeah, no, intend totally. to yeah, yeah. Um, I just think he seems I think he seems real and I think he seems fleshed out and that's what I love about this book and this book probably has my favourite back matter of any yes this of one in anything great like too. great like such great essays in the back and i always really enjoy like a, like ed brubaker puts in a little bit where he kind of talks about what he's reading and enjoying at the moment and i really always love that yep um because he has great recommendations and is yeah yeah i, I fucking love this this, this is, is perfect this is a, like amazing this was my issue. favorite issue of the week perfect yeah. perfect comic amazing um over to uh god country number two mm-hmm. by uh donny cates and jeff shaw on art with jason wordy on color um this was the story about the um, old man who has dementia and is uh like basically chasing his family away by being so uh insane to look after um but whenever he holds this ginormous sword his memories come flooding back to him and he's an all-powerful warrior and uh this uh kind of deals with a god coming to like take the sword back but he refuses to um also the sword doesn't want to go yeah and it was sort of sentient it was an all talk no action comic but it was done really really well um the art's beautiful and uh i'm i'm 100 on this series i think it's really cool yeah i'm on board um over to Robert Kirkman, um, Robert Kirkman Corner. Uh, we've got two <laughs> Robert Kirkman books, The Walking Dead at number 164. Um, kind of continue the story uh, of uh, them trying to deal with this enormous, like the biggest horde of zombies that they've ever seen, encountered in the, in the series so far. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, that's fine, whatever. I don't really get people that complain about the threats not being big enough in this book anymore because for me it's all about the balancing of all the different characters and um, the different, like, kind of pushing the story forward in bit by bit in relation to what the characters are dealing with at the time. There's some great stuff between Negan and uh, Rick in this book, in this issue. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I, it's always enjoyable. I'm actually quite enjoying the, uh, the serialized uh, Here's Negan origin story that we're getting in the Image Plus um, magazine each month. And I think I might be enjoying that more than I am Walking Dead, even though it's like five pages at a time. <coughs> Interesting. It is good, though. Um, Invincible number 133 is the last of 12 issues. So the first of 12 issues, first of the last 12 issues of this run. Check. Um, obviously, i got to give, it, give a shout out to the two, uh, three classic image covers that we yeah. got this week. Um, c- celebrating the 25th anniversary. Um, 
this uh this kind of I, I wasn't the biggest fan of issue 132 of Invincible, but this uh, moved the story in a better, more interesting direction. Again, another great thing that Kirkman does in this book is there's lots of characters that, that he balances and where the last one was just all only focusing on one fight, we kind of see the universe build up a bit more, open up a bit more. Um, so exciting to see how this, uh, this, this series bows out. Um, finally, I read Manifest Destiny, issue number 26, um, which is the... Uh, Lewis and Clark making their way from one side of America to the other and encountering all kinds of crazy savage beasts and weird mystical stuff. And this one deals with a fog that allows people to, that makes people hallucinate all the horrors they've seen in their life before. Uh, it's very different to uh, all the issues that we've seen, uh, but no less compelling. Really good. Image, nice. you did good this week. I award You're you publisher good. of the week. <laughs> <coughs> so now we can move over to. I just got two else. books left. What do oh, you got? Nice. All right. I got a few more than that. I fucking forgot to read Ether this You've week. You forgot to read Ether and Archie. And you Archie. Nutbag. Uh, well, me. Ether, man. Ether is a, God, Ether is a good book. If you know Kill what's not an kills, ongoing? Oh, well, I'm it's okay with that. That's yeah. fine. But I, I, Wrap I, it up. The only solidly. reason, yeah, I know, but it's such an insanely big world that I thought yeah. there could be so many adventures in. Maybe he'll return to it. Absolutely. Um, in this, we see a way more backstory of um, our main character's wife or former wife mm-hmm. who had actually gone to the ether first and had a really horrifying experience there. And that's what's kind of great about this is because it seems like this quite innocent, beautiful, Whimsical. magical land. Yeah. But she was kind of locked up and brutally tortured um, by the sort of villain of the piece um, as a young girl when she accidentally found a found a secret well that took her to the ether in her grandma's um, basement. And it, that's this issue is mostly about this. And then it ends with, um, as we saw in the last issue, there's a tear between our two worlds and things from the ether are coming into our world and our hero has to put a stop to it, even though everyone thinks he's a crazy hobo. He has <laughs> to put a stop to it. And, I mean, David Rubin is such an incredible artist. This is such an incredible book. It's the best. I love it. I, I flip and love it, guys. I'm going to read that as soon as this uh, episode is up. Excellent. Um, I also read... Um, just like as a really sweet thing, if you have kids, I think this is a really solid all ages book. And also just if you like Jim Henson, if you like the storyteller, um, the storyteller comic is really, really good. This one was set in Ireland and was all about giants and was just absolutely lovely and delightful with beautiful art. And I really enjoyed that. Excellent. Can we talk about a book that we both read? Yes, please. And loved, I think, Savage um, by B. Claymore, Clayton Henry, Louis LaRosa and Brian Reber over at Valiant. This is like one of my favorite books yeah wow right now this is such an amazing book yeah um so there are this is all about like a a kid who is um basically forced to grow up on a on a world in a world of dinosaurs um Mm. and uh he basically takes on the people that 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 killed his his mother in this Mm. in this issue and um gets transported to earth (laughs) so it looks like this is almost like a like a prologue yeah, this is almost like, this is like an origin story um, to what will hopefully be like a cool superhero, but so, so well done. And every moment is a, a shock. And the art, the two different artists working in tandem is so um, effective, so, effective yeah. so brilliantly, so brilliantly realized. And the sort of uh, horrifying things which seem more cartoony in the savage land immediately become incredibly realistic and horrifying in our world. Yeah. Um, so, so cleverly done and so so well written. This is such a such a brilliant example of a book that um, shows, doesn't tell, it's not overly wordy, they don't need to explain everything to us, they just let the action take place. That's, and I, that's such a good point. I can't think of a, of a comic 
like that's come out in the last few months that that, that is like a better example of yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like really, really <coughs> solid, really incredible storytelling. I love this. Great issue, great series, and um, now he's in in our world in in the, in the Valiant universe. Properly. Yeah. So um, this is uh, very. But is it the series. Stalin verse? Uh oh. Uh oh. Probably not. Uh, I also love that you get like a. It's a beautifully presented book too. Yeah. It's a really nice thick cover and great paper and yeah, Valiant doing great stuff. And this absolutely. is absolutely one of the best. <laughs> the last book I read this week was Animosity 5. I decided to drop this. I'm going to drop this. Nice. You review your next books. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Um, two two more issues I read. I read Peepland, which is this kind of gritty grindhouse comic set in the world of like sex workers. Um, it's sort of complicated to explain where the plot is at this point, but things are moving ahead, and I enjoy this. It is dirty and horrible and makes you feel gross, but um, you are... You are Unlikely to find a more sympathetic portrayal or just like humanistic portrayal of um, like a really diverse range of people like sex workers, um, gay people, people with incurable illnesses, <laughs> like everything's covered in this. And I think it's um, really solid and the, the ending was a shock for me. So I really, I really enjoy this book. I think it's really good. Uh, and on a very on a completely different note, it was issue 17 of Archie this week. Um which is the sort of Cheryl Blossom series. And we see Cheryl trying her, trying her darndest to um, seduce Archie by sort of <laughs> sending him secret messages and presents that she knows he'll like and setting up a situation where she saves someone from a burning car and films it so that Archie will think that she's a good person. <laughs> um, but then when he arrives to their date, and it's unexplained rolling down a hill in a um, vat of molasses <laughs> and just crashes into a tree. She she can't do it. She's like, why does everyone like you so much? You're such a goofball. Um, and it ends with Veronica returning and claiming her Archie-based prize. Um, so good, solid issue. Joe, Joe Eisner is actually growing on me as the artist in this book. I think this is easily his most solid um, issue in terms of physical comedy. It's just in time for him to to switch with another artist. Yeah, totally. Um, Do you reckon that they'll have um, Archie rolling in a vat of molasses in the Riverdale TV show soon? Man, if they did, it would actually win me over. (laughs) Make Archie a goofball. I'm done. Whatever. Netflix. No, no, it's uh, CW. CW. (laughs) Um, You have been listening to Serious Issues. Those are our reviews of the week. Before we uh, end the show... Next week we got some pretty. This week we got some pretty good comics coming out. Uh, I'm most excited about a new Greg Rucker book coming out through Image called Old Guard. Oh goodness, yes, that looks good. And Image also re-releasing a comic that we missed out on last week called Sun. Last year, sorry, called Sun Bakery. Yep. Which is a uh, anime. And, is, it, is it actually Japanese artist or no? It's no, it's inspired. um Corey. What? I can't think of his last name. No. Uh, Corey something or other. Corey He's real good. Or other. My favorite. I'm real into it. Um, we get the second issue of Supergirl being super. Um, oh, sick. Mariko uh, Tamaki's. And we get The Hulk. That's right. Two, two Mariko Tamaki's books, which is Maximum very exciting. Um, we're going to get the second issue of The Commandy Challenge, which is oh. a fun DC book that uh, we didn't get to talk about together. No, we didn't. Uh, it was Did me, we? Me and Mace, no, it was a Mesa episode. Oh, well, I really enjoyed that. Me too. Uh, and uh, similarly, Loose Ends, uh, number one, yes. came out that, month, that week too. So we sick. get the second issue of that. Um, Motro number four, which is one of my favorite books coming out right now, comes out. And we get a new Electra book. Um, so I don't know about that. I reckon that'll be good. For some reason, I think that that's going to be good. Someone told me something about it, which I've now totally forgotten, that made me go, huh, huh. alrighty then. She's an octopus now. I would be into that. I'd be. <laughs> Electra was suddenly an octopus. Man. 
Um, so you can get in touch with us and uh, we'd love if, if you did. Facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast or join our group and talk about comics all day with a bunch of hundreds upon hundreds of uh, comic book fans. Facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. I want to give a shout out to my boy uh, Travis Alexander, I believe his name is, um, who, uh, yes. who after listening to our episode with um, Mr. Sunday Movies last week, uh, and big thanks to, uh, to James and to Nacho Pop for filling in, uh, f- uh, for joining us last week. Um, but uh, James and I were talking about um, westerns, and uh, I was saying how like I, I just want a straight up western book, and mm. uh, and Travis uh, was like, you know what, I'm going to write you that book. So he's written a script of a pretty like great like first ten pages of a western comic. And man, um, thanks so much for sending that through. That's, that's like, huge. That's like there's no better thing to get sent in an Absolutely. email. Like so, if you are if you're working on an idea of things, I mean. I'm not, I'm not going to offer like that much criticism. I'm just going. I'm, I'm keen to see what yeah. our listeners are, are, are creating. So, also, if you're an artist that wants a script, maybe write yeah. to us serious issues at kingscomics.com, and we'll put you in touch with Travis, and maybe we can make this come to life. Absolutely. And I just wanted to also send a quick shout out um, to Kevin, Kevin from Ireland, who sent us a nice email, which was lovely, just um, saying how much he's enjoying the current all new Wolverine book. Which I agree, Kevin. And I sent you a response um, to basically saying that. Um, but it's just like it just it blows my tiny mind that there are people listening to this in Ireland as someone who grew up being forced to do Irish dancing by their mother. Um, that just like yeah, that's I've, that's you know, huge I've, for me. You know, I've watched um, thousands of people scream for three women doing Irish dancing on stage like every night for the last three weeks. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> uh, speaking of Irish listeners, shouts to James for setting up the. Uh, he's an Irish listener. Um, who set up a uh, serious issues group chat on Facebook too? Yeah. So you can join that if you if you would like to talk about comics literally every minute of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me online at levdog l e v d a w g and Siobhan is at Siobhan s i o b h a n nailed it c b g. I can spell it. I just think I, have, I still don't think I pronounce your name right. I don't think I pronounce it right. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and. Uh, of course, uh, serious underscore underscore issues on Twitter and seriousissues.tumblr.com. We're everywhere, guys. We're everywhere, guys. We're fucking everywhere. Um, leave us a nice review us. on iTunes, especially if you're a new listener who has uh, made their way over from uh, uh, finding out about us on uh, the Weekly Planet. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks so much to Meso and James for their continued support. Yeah, thanks, uh, fellas. We got, we got thousands and thousands of, uh, of downloads <laughs> on uh on uh, the episode with Mr. Sunday Movies, and that's uh, super cool. Uh, I think a lot of people only tuned in because uh, I've revealed what Mr. Sunday Movies' hand looks like. No one knows Huge. what his face looks like. Isn't that crazy? What does his face look like? Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, too it, beautiful. He's to be revealing it at the end of the. Uh, at some point in in March, they're doing a uh, a live thing for their the announcement of their Planet Broadcasting thing. And let's just uh, say with a wink, there's going to be some fun. Serious issues related news related to that too. Nice. Wink. Wink. Uh, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week for another episode of Stay Serious. <laughs> I fucked it up. so close. I'm so tired. I'm going to bed forever, everybody. See you next time. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Ha, 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 ha.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.